Hello, 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 and welcome, everybody. It's Dr. Barry here for another, what I hope will be an exciting episode of the Health and Wellness Connection podcast. Today, we have another special treat for you. Told you it'd be kind of, you know, nice and, and uh, exciting with the shows uh, going forward. So we have another special guest. We, you know, he's a friend of the show. He's been on here before, Dr. Carlos Mata. He's going to give us some of these top plastic surgery trends and give us his, his insight on those, you know, for 2019. And we're going to kind of, you know, really pick his brain. So again, top pla- top plastic surgery trends for 2019 with Dr. Carlos Mata just ahead. Now stay tuned for a few ads with some special sponsors. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's Dr. Bear here again. So yes, this show is going to be a pretty, you know, hopefully informative show for you. If you have any questions regarding plastic surgery or you have some thoughts regarding surgery and you may want to, you know, have a plastic surgeon weigh in, you're in luck. We have today one of, uh, I think, uh, good, uh, one of the more renowned internet surgeons, if you will, meaning surgeons who have a very popular large following on Instagram. He's been someone I've known for a long time, for many years. He went to school with me, actually. Um, and I can say that he's been someone who's been very dedicated to his craft. Um, he's since gone on to do a lot of great things. He's been featured on multiple television shows. He's a local uh, star in his, in his area, which I think is in Arizona. And again, he's just an excellent surgeon. A lot of good work. A lot of his patients love his work. And overall, he's really done a good job as far as educating people regarding surgery and what to look out for, as well as what to be careful uh, for when you're looking for surgery. So again, my special guest today to talk some about the 2019 trends in plastic surgery is Dr. Carlos Mata. Let's see if we can patch him in here real quick. All right, we have Dr. Carlos Mata. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing, man? Thanks for joining us today on the Health and Wealth Connection podcast slash radio show. So, you know, first off, how are you doing, man? Everything going okay over in your practice down there in Arizona, is it? Yeah, everything's great here in Scottsdale. Awesome, it's, awesome. Uh, a little chilly right now, but no. not too bad. Nice. I don't think I've heard any scandals out there regarding uh, the plastic surgery community, so I think you're you're doing good work in that area as well. So social media presence is important, <laughs> and you guys, I think, do a good job in that area as well. So tell me, what's going on with, with surgery? Like, what have you seen as far as some of the new trends that people are kind of looking to get and kind of, you know, in your kind of practice? What, what's coming across your your um, your table regarding patient requests and so forth well i think everyone's always looking for the holy grail to basically look younger without any cutting without any downtime without any recovery and basically the most important without any cost obviously that doesn't <laughs> exist but there's always there's always things that you can do to uh, slow the aging process obviously we can't stop it but there's things like uh renewion by gay plasma which is skin tightening um, that when combined with liposuction um, helps tighten the skin without actually cutting it. Sometimes you can almost look like you had a tummy tuck without actually having a tummy tuck. Oh, wow. Or so, a facelift or arm lift or things like that. Okay, so I'm noticing uh, that now... Other, go ahead, sorry, you were, you were finishing your point? No, go ahead. No, you're fine. No, I was saying that I, no, I was noticing that a lot of trends now for you know the surgery kind of clientele is to not be cut upon, which is actually kind of funny given the whole... Uh, I think practice based around actually cutting people up. But, you know, as we progress in our technology, it seems like there's ways to get those similar achievements without actually doing any true, like, you know, cutting of the skin. Is that something you're seeing as far as some of the different procedures that are being kind of uh, promoted now? I mean, there are, but at the end of the day, the gold standard is still to do surgery and basically to cut the extra skin off. 
So it's all about um, expectation. Obviously, we have the non-surgical routes of getting rid of fats or things like that. Um, but ultimately, depending on the results that somebody's willing to take, sometimes surgery is absolutely the best way to go. Let me ask you one question. Now, one article I did come across regarding one procedure in particular, which has been pretty popular for a long time, and that's, and that's breast augmentation. Now, I've seen that there's mm-hmm. now a trend to do a more what we call a hybrid technique where they actually are doing fat transfers with a potential implant or not even use implant at all. Like it's more so promoting using native fat tissue to help kind of the volume and the different, you know, structural changes. I mean, have you seen patients kind of requesting that or are you seeing yourself doing less like implants regarding, you know, you know, breast augmentations or like what are you seeing in your practice? Well, the statistics for 2018-2019 haven't come out from the American Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons yet, but as of last year, the statistics showed that lipo's number one, breast augmentation is still number two, but when you're referencing fat transfer to the breast, it's been a popular procedure for the last 10 plus years, but the years always attached to everything. Usually, if you want fan transfer to the breast, it typically tends to cost more than a regular breast augmentation because you're getting two procedures for the price of one. You have to have liposuction in order to harvest the fat, and then you have the procedure of actually placing the fat. So typically, it tends to cost a little bit more than um, a regular breast augmentation, and there are limitations, such as you can only go about one cup size big to be safe. You can do it multiple times, but you only want to go up about one cup size because then after that, the whole mentality of if you plant all the seeds in one location in soil, they all won't grow. So it's the same premise with fat. You have to distribute the fat evenly, but you can't distribute that fat into breast tissue. You distribute it around breast tissue. So oh, that's the difference. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't realize that. So I guess it's kind of, it's, it kind of reminds me of though how if you want to be natural, you got to spend more money. It's kind of a, it's kind of, disturbing that that kind of doesn't get, don't get away from that fact but unfortunately well it does just like if you want to be healthy you, organic food costs more than regular food. exactly it's just the nature of of, of society it's, so to speak i guess we're being conditioned to be more artificial it's unfortunate but no no it's it's uh, it makes perfect sense of why it would cost more but you know i can definitely appreciate people not wanting you know foreign objects in their bodies and I can see why that would be a popular option. But let's talk about another procedure that's actually kind of, it was actually pretty, I was shocked when I saw that it was such a popular procedure. And that is the labiaplasty. Now, I would try to fight my way through this explanation, but we have an expert on the phone and on, on, the, on the show today. So let's let him explain. So the labiaplasty. Now, just, to, just so I can set this up, I'm hearing that since 2016, they are, they've increased by 23% as far as the popularity of, of the procedure. Now, tell us exactly what a labioplasty is and why do people seek them? Well, the why is kind of, I would say, has to do more with society more than anything um, because there is a spectrum of what is considered normal uh, anatomy down there, so to speak. So you're talking labia minora, labia majora, Before you go into detail, can you tell us what the labioplasty is first, like what exactly the procedure is and what it's for? Well, a labioplasty is a procedure where you are helping the function of the labia minora, specifically where sometimes if it's extra long, if you're having intercourse, that labia tends to go inside the vagina or inside the introitus or opening um, and causes discomfort. 
because it's pulling and tugging and it's not supposed to be that way. So typically people do it for reconstructive reasons, but some people just don't like their appearance now of the way it looks. So they want to make it look a certain way. So now these are just porn stars. I would, I would assume these are just regular people at regular jobs just want to get, they want their, again, when they say the labia, we're referring to the, the outer I guess lips, if you will, of the, of, of the vagina. So apparently people are unhappy with how it's looking now. Tell us about the labia in general. Like, does it age naturally? There's just some sort of natural changes. There's some sort of abnormalities that could be concerning that would make you, you know, really want to get this taken care of. Like, um, you know, well, what, what are the concerns with the that's labia? That's a really there? good question. I think most of my patients that I've done over the last 10 plus years of practicing plastic surgery have been actually younger individuals that somewhat are born with one side bigger than the other. So if they're wearing tight pants or... Um, going to the gym or whatnot, yoga pants, for example, they don't want to see a bulge down there when they're a female. They don't want to and see a bulge. So, see, I thought according to correct. Instagram, people want to see the bulge now. Is that something that's, am I off or what's going on here? Well, it depends because if the bulge is not, and again, maybe bulge isn't the best word, but you don't want to see a mass that looks like a male. <laughs> When you're a female. <laughs> okay, so, so you mean, hold on. So you mean there's people who have like, I would assume you mean like, uh, you know, what do you mean? Like a protrusion? Like like a like a large clitoris? Correct. Or, a protrusion, okay. an expansion of the area down there that's just beyond normal. Because you know, um, because you know now. So again. Like, well, I was going to say real quick, because you know, the popular thing now I've seen is yoga pants are the end thing now. People love, like females love to wear real tight pants and, you know, move about. Now, again, me. Correct. Just me being there. But their expectation is to wear yoga pants and look normal, not to wear yoga pants and look like you have, you look like a different sex, even though you're okay. female. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Okay. Go ahead. So going back to that whole um, labioplasty discussion, I actually did one, um, so to speak, live about two days ago for Valentine's Day. I recall that. Where I saw one that. Of my teachers and by the way, guys, follow or, Dr. What's your Instagram real quick? This is actually very important. What's your Instagram? He has at, one. That, go ahead. At Dr. Scott Dale. Okay, at Dr. Scott Dale. If, you, if you want to see live surgery, definitely check out his Instagram. I guess I'll say it one more time. I think I talked over your first time. Instagram one more time. At D-R-S-C-O-T-T-S-D-A-L-E. At Dr. Scott Dale for Instagram. And obviously Instagram doesn't allow you to show nudity to that degree so i have a snapchat account that dr period scottsdale where you could have seen the entire procedure in its full uncensored uh, rendition so to speak um, no, but in instagram i was only able to discuss and obviously filter and censor it so you actually wouldn't able be able to see it um, you can also go to my youtube at dr scottsdale and actually see more live surgical procedures so to speak they're no longer live because they're on youtube but um you can actually see them there uh, rebroadcasted so to speak yeah it's very fascinating stuff if you like surgery maybe even a young medical student or you just like to, you know just to see what's going on he really does a good job kind of really showing you everything about the surgery so definitely check that out if you have any questions about all the procedures we talked about it's, you know mana's done them all pretty much so his instagram is a great tool to follow especially for, for information now i'm getting um message we're getting right on the end of the right at the break here so we're going to come back at, at the break after the commercials we're going to talk more to dr mata regarding some of these procedures as well as some new trends that are really kind of getting a more in notoriety he's gonna give us more information on those so stay tuned a lot more information dr mata peace 
Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Health and Wellness Connection podcast. It's your host, Dr. Barry here. We have Dr. Carlos Mata with us today. A special guest is going to tell us more about some of the trends in plastic surgery and kind of where the industry is headed for 2019. So, again, one second here, guys. All right, Dr. Mata, you there? Yes, I'm still here. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for joining us again for the um, you know, the um, second part of the Health and Wellness Connection show. Now, again, we were talking about labioplasties and their popularity, and you were telling us more about how, you know, they were really kind of something that people are seeking. And um, ultimately, you know, I think, where do you see as far as people's kind of, you know, happiness or dissatisfaction, if you will, with their private areas? Is that something that people are doing now, like wanting to get their blemishes and, you know, uh, issues fixed under so they can kind of have them what more for public viewing? Like what's the, what's the, what's the reason behind it? I mean, what's, what's going on with that? Well, I think the way society is going with the whole, um, being able to video chat and to do things via social media oh, like or Tinder or, that's correct. or things like that have allowed people to be a little bit more, uh, open about sexuality, I'm assuming, and those things have caused people to, I guess, sext and send images of their private parts, and now people have, I think, become more aware, as opposed to the fashion where when it was just person to person. Exactly. So, right? I remember back know, back in the day, like, 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 for instance, I'm old, so if you get to the point where you're seeing, you know, <laughs> private areas, it's like, it's no going back at this point. Like, it's like... <laughs> Like now you yep. can see private now like, you can the second day you can see you get to you get to window shop you get to window <laughs> shop those private areas before you actually have to see them in real life that is so, so true <laughs> it's funny I guess how... that's where plastic surgeons come in so to speak <laughs> that is so true I didn't even think about that but yeah that is absolutely probably the exact reason <laughs> hilarious well that is the world we live in just kind of you know figuring out the best way to navigate it and I guess people feel their privates must be in a as beautiful as possible to make sure they get ahead. So, hey, more power to everybody, you know? All right. So, next off, next topic that I thought was also pretty interesting, lips. It seemed like lips are a big deal. Now, there was a point where, you know, I guess big lips were frowned upon, but now it seems like everyone's trying to enlarge their lips. And it seems like I've, it seems like people are now looking for more permanent ways to keep their lips looking ideal, like tattooing colors on their lips and injecting various protein mixtures like what are you seeing with lips and like the way people are really you know requesting their lips to be sculpted if you will well i think it's funny though that i think people have kind of missed the boat on lips for that standpoint because obviously kylie jenner is the first one yes i heard really... she made what a couple billion on her lip kit that was released or released when it yes. last year i mean she's it's amazing. a billionaire billionaire actually. off lips it's really amazing I was stunned when yep, I heard that. But here's the crazy part is that her lips went from nothing to a lot. And she's actually downsized her lips substantially over the last, I think, six months or oh so. Oh, my God, it's a bait and switch. trying to get the look <laughs> that she used to have maybe like two years ago. And I'm like, uh, if people kept up with the news, they might realize that, wow, she's downsized her lips substantially from what they used to be. Terrible. Man. Bait so and switch. Got the lips, made a billion, them, took them out. That's That's crazy. Well, she's hustling out here. I can't. I can't. I can't be mad at her. Yeah. So she's she's downsized them, but I think you know, in terms of what people want, typically it's a hyaluronic acid, uh, which is a temporary filler that 
um, you're able to put into the lips either Juvederm or um, products like that or Restylane that are able to augment the lips and typically in a 15-minute procedure with minimal risk, minimal downtime, um, um, you're able to get the look that you want. And obviously, if you want them bigger, then it will typically cost a little bit more because it'll uh, require a little bit more product. Now, let me ask you, what about the lip lift? Are you familiar with that procedure? Apparently, they're actually... I am. So tell us about that lip lift. It's like a whole new way to get bigger lips, apparently, and it's like without involving filler. So tell us about that, if I understand anyway. Well, there's... There's two kinds of lip lifts, if you think about it. One is involves a scar under the nose where you're literally pulling the entire red part of the lip and the skin under your nose all the way up so that you pull that entire area up, and that's a hidden scar. The other way to do a lip lift is literally you make a scar along the lip called the uh, white roll, and you cut in and you pull it up higher and so those are the two ways to do a formal surgical lip lift so to speak to uh, enhance the appearance of the lip sometimes we use fat sometimes you can use a permanent silicone implant um, to place in the lip um, but I've seen a couple more problems with those than than not um, from that standpoint but those are somewhat you know, I'd consider the silicone implant more of a permanent solution because the lip lift, no matter how much skin you remove, the tissue will still continue to sag. So it's not, nothing is technically permanent when it comes to cosmetic surgery. Yeah, uh, interesting, interesting. So I guess compared to the dermal fillers and the traditional methods of filling your lips, would you say someone who's really, you know, serious about keeping their lips full should consider these kind of techniques or are they kind of kind of overdoing it, if you will? Like, what, what will be your kind of um, opinion on them? Um, well, I think it, it it varies depending on the patient and kind of their expectations and how much cost they're willing to incur to get the results that they're looking for. Uh, sometimes we can use silicone injections, which I've never personally done. Um, you can use things like Velafil with like a five-year filler, um, it just depends. I mean, some most of these things I'm describing are a little bit of off-label. All right. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Um, I had some feedback there. Um, well, like I said, yeah, it just it just depends, you know, um, in terms of what the, the patient's kind of willing to do. Okay. Interesting. interesting. You know, or what they want to see. Interesting. So one more, uh, well, a couple more questions, actually. Now, um, another thing I had seen that I thought was pretty cool as far as procedures that were kind of on the trend were a new type of nose job, apparently using ultrasound. So they're apparently able now to sculpt your nose with just simple ultrasound waves as opposed to tr the traditional method of actually mm -hmm. cutting you open. What is your um, opinion on those? Are you like seeing those being requested more or being promoted more in the industry? Um, it still requires you to open the nose. It's still a surgical procedure where you're lifting the skin, but you're using an ultrasound device to help sculpt the bone. Um, but it's still a procedure. It's not like it's less invasive, so to speak. It might be a little bit less traumatic, um, but I've never used it, so I can't really quantify whether it's that much better or not. 
Um, but again, in any time you're talking about the aesthetic industry, you're trying to uh, make sure you're on the cutting edge. And so you try things that will allow people to get the results that they're looking for with less downtime, less recovery, and all those things. So that's how the science of cosmetic medicine is advancing. So uh, kudos to the person who kind of pioneering that, but it's, I still think it's part of the surgical procedure. I think when you can get to the point of using an ultrasound to sculpt the nose without actually any cutting or downtime, then it'll be a uh, a great win from that standpoint. Awesome, awesome. Well, great. Well, that's all the questions I had, Dr. Kamada. And I know you mentioned some things you um, had talked to me earlier about um, that you want to talk about. And that was, I think, was the um, the BBL or the Brazilian butt lift. Now, I know you're again someone who's a, a very um, uh, skilled surgeon. I've seen you do a lot of these with your patients and whatnot. Tell us some of the, your thoughts on the procedure, as far as you know, things that you notice with the procedure, as far as patient requests or. You know, what, what do patients who are looking at BBLs or looking to get a BBL, like what should they look out for and what should they kind of be aware of before kind of proceeding? Well, this is the cold, hard truth about BBL. It is actually one of the riskiest procedures you can do in plastic surgery when, and this is the important part, when it's performed by somebody who doesn't routinely do them. Oh, wow. And what I mean by that is that... Um, there's a certain way that the procedure should be done. It should be done safely or a safer type of BBL. And what I mean by that is that you need to use large cannulas when injecting the fat. You need to make sure that the fat is going above the muscle, not below the muscle. Um, and the way you harvest the fat is that you typically want to use a smaller cannula to harvest the fat so they're not in uh, outrageously large clumps, um, and typically the science right now shows that if you use uh, vibration, that helps to make sure that these um, large cannulas aren't going into large vessels, um, especially near the butt, which can kill people. And people have died from having Brazilian butt lifts. So it's super important to make sure that you go to somebody who actually does these and understands the concepts of performing a safer type of BBL or Brazilian butt lift. Absolutely. I mean, it's funny. The, the butt lifts that have been, um, it's probably one of the most, I would say, illegally done procedures that I've seen as far as people doing them in their backyards and their garages and so forth. Now, that has, thing has kind of declined. But the You've personally seen them being done? Well, no, no. Not, <laughs> not live, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the effects of them, unfortunately, like uh, uh, in the emergency room versus, like I said, my my night job, I've seen people come in with bad infections from like a street BBL procedure and, you know, it wasn't really pretty. So, uh, I, but I've seen a lot less of those. That's been now, I think the word has gotten out, Hey, don't let people do this to you in their hotel room. It's not safe, you know? So I think, uh, you know, that has definitely declined, but you know, uh, sometimes when people, you know, look at the economics, they have, you know, an event they want to go to it and outshine others this weekend and the surgeon wants, you know, $6,000 or whatever, it becomes, okay, let's see what this, you know, person is talking about. So it's kind of, you know, unfortunately people put their lives at risk to do some sort of a stunt or whatever. But I think ultimately, though, the BBL surgically done is fairly safe, even though, it is, as you're saying, it's very dangerous compared to other procedures. But I think with the trained professional, chances of really having complications are a lot lower. So you now, is the BBL... Um, effects permanent or like how long do they last if you will 
if you're doing procedures like with, I guess, natural fat and so forth? In my, in, in my opinion, at least with my patients, whatever results they have at three months typically is theirs for the rest of their life. Nice. Um, if they gain weight, it's going to grow. If they lose weight, it's going to shrink because fat is a living tissue. Mm-hmm. It's like asking a tree to stop growing or to die. Unless you do something to cause one way or the other, it will adjust and mold to whatever circumstances. So, like I said, if somebody were to gain weight after a BBL, their butt would grow. And if they were to lose weight, their butt would shrink. So, yes, results are typically permanent depending on what the person decides to do with their body and how they maintain their health. Now, what about implants? Are y'all still doing the implants into the uh, into the, the, the buttocks to increase the size or no? Yes, I typically maybe do one every couple of years because fat is a better alternative. The complication rate for putting butt implants is substantially higher than breast implants because if you consider breast, they live in a bra most of the day or maybe no bra at all. Um, but if you're talking about the butt, you're walking, you're sitting, you're jumping, you're doing whatever on your legs that you can't prevent them from moving the implants. So there's always the issues with malposition, malformation, um, the scar tissue around it or capsular contracture that can make them look really bad. And then once you remove them, you end up with a lot of loose skin. So it's not exactly a pretty sight. What if you're skinny and don't have any fat to transfer? Are you just out of luck or you're just stuck with implant or are there any options for? No, then your, your choices are pretty much implants or you can do um, a temporary filler, something like Sculptra. which is the non-surgical butt lift, so to speak, where you're using a filler that ends up costing four or five times what a surgical procedure would cost. The cost of the filler is outrageous in relation to the volume that you're getting. Um, But you can do that when you're thin. Now, this filler Um, isn't some, like, this filler isn't some medical form of... of Rubber cement, is it? What, what is, is this some filler said safe? <laughs> no, the sculpture is what's called polylactic acid, L-polylactic acid, which is uh, basically a type of material that the pharmaceutical industry now calls a biostimulator, which is a fancy way of saying it causes uh, collagen to form, but it's a type of scar tissue collagen, ah, but they call it a biostimulator. Interesting. Sounds interesting. I'll look into that. Well, I'm getting at the end of the show here. I'm getting to work with my uh, producer, so I'm going to wrap it up. But again, another exciting show, Dr. Dr. Mata. Appreciate you calling in. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, sign off here? You can show some media. I know you kind of shouted earlier, but anything you want to reiterate or just tell the uh, audience regarding how to reach out to you if they want to kind of get more information, maybe get a surgery? Kind of what's the uh, procedure? Um, I would say my two biggest social media platforms are Instagram and Snapchat. Snapchat for unfiltered, Instagram more for before and afters, and some filtering, and that's at Dr. Scottsdale for Instagram, and Dr. Scottsdale with a period, D-R, period, Scottsdale on Snapchat. I'm always available. All right. Thank you, Dr. Mata, for joining us today. Hopefully, you'll come back uh, for a future show. Again, Everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Health and Wellness Connection podcast. If you have any concerns or questions, again, you can reach out to me as well. I am uh, Dr. Barry MD. I'm your host. Um, check me out on Instagram at Dr. Barry MD. Also, social media, um, Facebook, www.facebook.com backslash next level weight loss. And last but not least, um, email Dr. Barry, that's D R B A R Y H E A L T H, health, 
drberryhealth at gmail.com. Again, thanks for tuning in. Please stay tuned. We have some excellent uh, shows lined up for you. You don't want to miss them. Peace.